T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. With the first pick in the ultimate NBA mock draft. First of all, wingspan. There's weaknesses to his game. An explosive athlete. That's like his floor. A high ceiling. He's going to be the next LeBron James. This pick really should be that simple. It's Kate Cunningham. Evan Mobley. Jalen Green. Jonathan Kaminga. Jalen Suggs. And now, let's send it over to our Odyssey expert and the white mamba himself, Brian Scalabrine. Is the man who built the world of NBA draft coverage. And that is Chad Ford. Jimmy Patos from Odyssey. And former NBA GM, Ryan McDonough. It's day number four of the ultimate 2021 NBA mock draft. Welcome to a production of the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey. Thanks very much for tuning in and make sure you follow the ultimate mock draft on your Odyssey app. We'll be having NFL previews, conference previews, and NBA previews for you as the season starts all on the same feed coming up. I'm David Locke along with Raphael Barlow, Richard Stamen as we are on the main desk, Chad Ford, the Draft Dummies, Jimmy Paytos, Ryan McDonough will all stop by, plus the local experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, as well as the local sports talk show hosts and experts of the Odyssey Sports Network. A massive production. Day number four, we're into kind of the dregs of the draft, if we're honest right now. This is the time where a general manager makes his name for or her name eventually forever. You hit on a player in this range that becomes a John Collins, a Rudy Gobert. Giannis was a little earlier than this, but it's happening more and more. Some of the best players in the league, it used to be in this league, that stars were one through five. But if the NBA Finals told us anything, Devin Booker, a post-10 pick. Chris Middleton, a second-round pick. Giannis, a 15 pick. The world has changed in the NBA of where players can come. Raphael Barlow of NBA Draft Junkies and our Locked On NBA Draft uh, podcast. Is there a potential star on the board for Oklahoma City at 19, Atlanta at 20, New York at 21, the Lakers at 22, or Houston with their 23 and 24 picks before we're done with day four of the ultimate mock draft? Yeah, I think Jalen Johnson is a guy that at one point a lot of people projected him as a top seven pick. I saw him as high as six and seven. Somehow he has fallen, so I think he has the highest upside, and he is the player that if I had to bet, I'm not a gambling man, but if I had to bet on a player that would be that John Collins type player, as far as being able to be like a high-level starter on a, a really good team, it would be Jalen Johnson. Has there ever been a more oxymoronic comment than a guy who covers the NBA draft claiming he's not a gambling man? Like, this is all one crapshoot right here. What do you, how, do you, how do you claim you're not a gambling man when you're making projections on 17- and 18-year-old young men and what they're going to be in the NBA? Because uh, I'm not losing money. All right. So you're not a money gambling man. Not a, not a money gambler. Richard, any thoughts on why Jalen Johnson's dropped in this draft? He was projected at one point in time, actually, he was like talked about in the top five, right? Like I remember actually very early, it was like he was in the, like the power group of this or top six if Kamunga was in the group. What's your thoughts on why Johnson's dropped, Richard? Yeah, I mean, he has star upside. He had probably the two best games of any prospect in the class this year. He had an almost five by five against Pittsburgh and he had a near 2020 game with five assists and four blocks against Coppin State. So really easy to see the upside. Um, but there are some serious downsides. The shooting is a worry and there are character flags. We don't know how valid those are, but there are flags around him. Yeah, I was going to say it was against Coppin State. It was 
phenomenal, but then he followed it up. I think the next game was against Michigan State. And then the way he left Duke has to um, draw a lot of attention. I think he's going to have a lot of questions in his interviews about why he left and how he left early, on top of the fact that he's been to multiple high schools. I don't know the kid. I, I know just on paper there's going to be some concerns. What is the story about how he left Duke? I don't think it's really came out, to be honest with you. I, I just don't think it, it looks good when you leave in the middle of the season to prepare for the draft. We're starting to see it in college football, but I think that, you know, it, it looks selfish in a sense. Like, and one of the things I feel as far as like high school players, you pick your school. You know, it's one of the few situations where you get a chance to pick your teammates, you pick your coach. And I don't understand why, what happened that made him realize that the situation is so bad that I want to leave. So I think that's the question that he's going to be asked a lot in his, in his uh, pre-draft process. Richard, anybody you'd nominate as the pick that makes a GM's career here in the final stage of this draft? There's some guys left over. If you're looking at star upside, I mean, it starts for me with you look at Jaden Springer is there. JT Thor is someone who I think is a little bit underrated as really high upside. Those are two guys I would look for going forward. All right, let's find out what the boards look like for Chad Ford, the GOAT of the NBA draft, the longest-running NBA draft expert. He made this a thing, and the draft dummies from Locked On NBA Draft. So, Gidney goes as you expected, Chad, number 16, Keon Johnson, 17, to Memphis, and then Sengu goes 18 to Oklahoma City, these are the picks off your big board, kind of what you expected. Finally, the trigger being pulled on some of those guys. What's your thought on those guys? Uh, yeah, again, I, I think that it's a little bit low for each of those players, but there there are warts and concerns. You know, with Keon Johnson, he's an elite athlete, but he's a little bit further uh, behind the rest of them as far as just getting basketball experience. He's younger. Um, he missed a year in high school because of injury. And so offensively, you know, how he's going to figure out his game. And then for Singun, uh, offensively, he's going to be dominant. The question is, can you leave him on the floor in the fourth quarter of a playoff game? And that's probably right now, based off what we've seen in the playoffs, the answer might be no, uh, which is why you're seeing him drop a little bit in the draft. All right, let's go to the Chad Ford NBA big board. On playmakers, give me the rundown. What's left on this board as we move toward day four? We've got uh, Jaden Springer, uh, a guy who, uh, you know, whether he's a one or a two is a question mark, but certainly could be considered a playmaker. Miles McBride out of West Virginia, someone I'm really, really high on. Six, two and a half with a six, nine wingspan. uh, Really good shooter. um, Really gets after it uh, defensively right now. And, you know, one question that I think we all have is what, what's going to happen with Jared Butler out of Baylor right now. You know, he was uh, he was flagged uh, for health reasons at the combine and, and whether he's going to be allowed uh, to participate is, is obviously a big question that affects the stock. But if not, uh, you know, here's a guy who won a national championship, can play the one and the two uh, and certainly a guy that is worthy of being drafted this high. And then, you know, Trey Mann. Uh, out of Florida is another guy who can play the one and the two. I uh, really can shoot the basketball. Not a great athlete, um, but a really crafty ball handler. And what about wings that are left on this board? Yeah, you know, for the wings that that are left on the board, I mean, a, again, what's going to happen with uh, Jalen Johnson, I think, is a question mark. Uh, you know, where is he at? What is he even? Is he a small ball five? Is he a, is he a wing? Maybe that's why he's sliding, is it's really hard to get our hands um, around what he's going to be. And then you start to get into the more speculative territory with Trey Murphy, uh, the third out of Virginia, Josh Christopher out of Arizona State. Uh, those are guys that Josh Primo out of Alabama. Uh, those are the sort of interesting wings that I see right now that could come off the board. You're always really – let's go bigs first, then I'll ask you that next question. What's left on the bigs? we still got Isaiah Jackson uh, left on the board, the best shot blocker uh, in this draft. Uh, he's he's really interesting right now. Dayron Sharp is is the most intriguing big man left because he, he played as this big, almost sort of overweight guy at North Carolina, but had this incredible passing ability, great motor. His feet worked really well. He's dropped weight, and teams have told me he has shot the lights out in workouts. Was He only shot one three during his freshman season at North Carolina right now. He was one of the highest rated, again, 
high school players coming into this draft. Kind of got buried by Rory Williams at North Carolina. Has worked out incredibly well. He could be an interesting pick for a team in this in this range. Chad, you do a wonderful job of kind of relaying where teams are and what the big boards for all the teams are. Do you have a personal favorite or guy or two that you've watched that you like? At this point in the draft, David? Yes. Oh, Miles McBride all the way. I mean, that's that's the guy that I'm rooting for right now because I just think that when you look at his motor, when you look how he gets after it defensively and his ability to shoot the basketball, those types of players don't come along. He's got the length. I think that, again, people were just didn't – he wasn't on the radar screen at West Virginia um, the way that some of these other prospects were. But I think he's going to make – he's going to be in the league a long time. All right, this is co-host Cody and Sam Ferris from the Draft Dummies in the NBA Locked On NBA Draft Draft Expert Desk. Day three wrap-up here. We just saw the draft end with guys like Giddy, Keon Johnson, and Alperin. Uh, Sam, who are some of the sleepers that you still have on your board, guys that you think could go in the next few picks here? Yeah, certainly some interesting picks there. And Cody, when we're talking about, you know, sleepers or guys that I like coming up next in the draft, three names come to mind. One I already mentioned earlier, that's JT Thor out of Auburn. To me, probably the highest upside guy left remaining on the board. And then Trey Mann, who you and I both really like when you talk about potential self-creators, a guy that can create space off the bounce and can really shoot it. Really like him there as a potential sleeper that has dropped here a bit. And then the last guy is a guy that I also mentioned earlier, an international prospect that I am certainly higher on in the consensus. Uh, that's Rocco Prokacin. He is a guy that, again, to me is a top 14. He is a lottery level prospect. He's still on the board here, Cody. Well, we just saw the Thunder go international with Alperin. And when we resume this mock draft, the Thunder are going to be on the clock again at 19 with the pick via the New York Knicks. Ryland Styles here from the Locked On Thunder podcast. And with the 19th pick in the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, the Oklahoma City Thunder select Cameron Thomas, guard from LSU. Cam Thomas is a bona fide bucket getter that has all-star level potential as a score. Or at worst, he can be a focal point of a secondary unit offensively. That is something the Thunder desperately need after a bad offense, historically bad offense, a year ago. Cam Thomas' scoring ability will be a breath of fresh air, and he'd immediately leap up into the top echelon of scores on this Thunder roster currently. Plus, in this trade move back from 6 to 19 while still getting the player, the Thunder are whispered to warning in Cam Thomas, they do pick up a flyer in Kevin Knox, who maybe, with a change of scenery, can fulfill more of his potential. Kevin Knox was a really good corner three-point shooter last year. We'll see if that can continue into this year. And also, he's from Kentucky, so you know Sam Presti loves him. But ultimately, that was the move in this trade to get a flyer in uh, Kevin Knox and also still get the player we were targeting in Cam Thomas. It made the trade a no-brainer. When Cameron Thomas showed up on campus in Baton Rouge, there was no ambiguity as to his role. Coach Will Wade said Cameron Thomas is going to be one of the leading scorers in the country, and not just among freshmen, among all players. Cameron Thomas finished with 23 points a game, good for fourth in the country in scoring, and it would have been higher had he not gone scoreless in a win against Ole Miss, where he played only three minutes after rolling his ankle. Cameron Thomas can create his shot from anywhere on the floor. He'll pull it up from the logo. He can shoot from the elbow. And when the shots aren't falling, he'll put his head down, get to the rim and finish. And he's a better than 90% free throw shooter. Sure, sharing the basketball and defending are parts of his game that need to come around. But if an NBA team is looking to draft offense, they can't go wrong with Cameron Thomas. Cam Thomas out of LSU. There's a lot of different ways I can go with this. I can go Marshawn Brooks and, you know, that he can't get his jumper off because I don't love the way that he doesn't create space in college. Or I can go Will the Thrill Barton, and, you know, a guy who can come off the bench and really score buckets for you. The one difference is Will the Thrill, quick shot, quick release, where Cam Thomas has a little bit of a hitch in his shot. So... If I had to guess, uh, without knowing the kid, without knowing how hard he'll work, if he'll do it every single day, how hungry he is to get better. Remember, he's not a great passer, not a great defensive player. If 
I had to guess I would say more Marshawn Brooks, but one thing, it's really hard to get inside the mind of a 19-year-old kid who has some talent and everyone telling him, just shoot the ball. Can he develop into a more complete player? If he does, then this could be a different conversation. The Oklahoma City Thunder, what could they do with all these draft picks and this roster? They got a lot of young, talented players. Will they go in on some crazy sweepstakes and try to convince a player to stay, giving up future assets? Or will they just build through the draft and assume that eventually they'll get a high draft pick or they could trade and and get lucky with Houston one year or the Clippers one year? You never know, but I do think when it comes to this season, they're not going to cut into cap space. They're going to remain flexible so they can take on the contracts of Kemba Walker and get first-round picks to try to do something with it. So still look for the Oklahoma City Thunder to be relevant, probably more relevant than they were last year when they decided to tank. But expect them to turn the corner with all these assets. I don't think they'll be involved in the trade market at this point, And I don't think that they'll look in free agency to try to land a big-time star. So the Thunder go with Cameron Thomas with the 19th pick of the draft. Thomas out of LSU, a freshman, 6'4", 210. The guy had the best pick-and-roll handler percentage of anyone in the top 30 or 40 picks of the draft. He's in the 95th percentile in pick-and-roll handling. His off-the-bounce dribble game was... Active, he took 133 off-the-bounce shots this year, which is incredibly high. That leads you to believe he can create his own shot. Richard, what's your thought on Cameron Thomas? Yeah, he's arguably the best individual scorer in the class, but that's all he does. He is a pure scorer, doesn't create for others, doesn't defend, doesn't really rebound. However, there is something to be said for his low turnovers. Um, I think he didn't even average two turnovers per game. While he didn't have the assists, it is incredible because he had the ball in his hands so much. His ball security is outstanding and his ability to create. There is a lot to be said for that in a league that scoring is just so coveted. There is a way to make sure you never turn it over for Rafael. Yeah. It's shoot it every time you get it. And I feel like that's exactly what he did. One of the things I like most about him was that when you watch his film, you think of him more so of a scorer than shooter, even though he shoots a lot of jump shots. But it's weird. You, you feel like he shoots a lot of jump shots, but he gets to the foul line at a ridiculous rate. I've never seen someone average, I think it was like seven three-point field goal attempts per game, but also gets to the free throw line seven times a game, which tells me you have to have a really, really high usage to, to put up those type of numbers. Those are pretty, those are efficient, good numbers. That's got to get uh, the Thunder fairly excited in that regard. Uh, if, if you're getting that, and the Thunder obviously, as you've talked about earlier, Richard, shooting the moon, um, a little bit here uh, in this one. Cameron Thomas going with the 19th pick of the draft to the Thunder. We heard from Matt Moscata, our LSU expert as well, as well as Brian Scalabrini there on everything taking place. Atlanta's now on the clock, and the Knicks are right after that as we continue. It's the Ultimate Mock Draft, a production of the Lockdown Podcast Network as well as Odyssey for the 2021 NBA Ultimate Mock Draft. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Atlanta coming off their remarkable run to the Eastern Conference Finals with new head coach Nate McMillan are on the board. Richard, where would you go right now? I go with star upside or I get Trey, uh, excuse me, Trey Young, some guard help, uh, a little bit of a Freudian slip there. I would love to see Trey Mann in this situation. Raphael, how about you? Trey Mann. Trey Mann. Lou Williams can't play forever, even though it looks like he's, he's, he still has a few more years left, but Trey Mann would be another, you know, shot creator, outside shooter. So I think that would be a good fit. Trey Mann, 6'5", 190 pounds out of Florida. Tell me a little bit about his game. Trey Mann is, is like this new level, I guess, when you're evaluating guys. It's like a new, I guess, plat- I don't know, a new evaluation I created. He is a three-point shot creator. He creates most of his threes. I want to say like 70% of his three-point attempts were off the dribble, and he shot over 40% from three. So I think that is a very, very valuable skill set, especially in today's NBA. We have almost 40% of our shots going up from three. It's a little under that. And I, I talk about this a lot. The, the, the Steph Curry, Dame Lillard generation's not here yet. The kids that grew up watching Steph Curry and Dame Lillard are just working their way through high school. Maybe Trey Young's the first one, but we don't have that run. Is this a Steph Curry, Dame Lillard generation player making his way into the league? I mean, yeah, I never thought of it that way, but yeah. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, we didn't see guys that were three-point shot players. And this is like his main skill set is that he can create his own shots from deep. So, I mean, you make a good point there. Richard, are you seeing different players because the idea that you come off a pick and launch a three at 35 feet used to get you pulled now stretches the defense as a positive? Yeah, I mean, he's the best shot creator in the class entirely. Like for himself, he creates space so well. I think the big separator between him and the guys you named are just the passing. He's not much of a creator for others. However, one of the guys I've, I've compared him to is like Jordan Clarkson, the way that, you know, you need scoring off the bench in whatever capacity. Trey Mann can fit a lot of those check like check boxes. Uh, you can check a lot of those boxes, excuse me, where he comes off screens, like you said, 35 feet, he could probably hit it. Can I teach passing or shooting better? Shooting. I'd say shooting, but that's a great comparison. Like Jordan Clarkson in a perfect fit like he is in Utah is a very, very high-level player. Didn't really look like it in Cleveland, but, yeah, I mean, I think that is a perfect comparison. All right, let's see where the Atlanta Hawks go. I don't know if another ball-dominant shooter is what they need. We'll see if that's what the Hawks draft room thinks. Brad Rowland here from the Locked on Hawks podcast, and with the number 20 overall pick, the Atlanta Hawks select Jalen Johnson, a talented forward out of Duke. Johnson is 6'9", 6'10", and a fantastic end-to-end athlete, a great transition prospect in a lot of ways with the potential to grab and go, and really his passing jumps off the screen in a big way. Uh, His shooting is still uncertain at this point in time, although he's not a non-shooter, but he's a fantastic passer, an end-to-end player, and also a very, very good defensive prospect. Johnson is a former top 10 high school recruit, and even after sort of an uneven season at Duke, this is a really, really good value for the Hawks at number 20 overall. He brings a lot of upside to the table, and from a talent perspective, he was a lottery-type pick in this class. The Hawks can afford to take a bit of a swing with where they are right now, with all kinds of depth on the roster, and Johnson also fills something of a positional need at a, as a combo four, you can never have too many interesting guys between 6'7 and 6'10, and the Hawks have plenty of them, but Johnson adds another intriguing element. And more than anything, they get a great value at number 20 overall. This is JJ Jackson with the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast, bringing you a 2021 NBA draft profile of Duke forward Jalen Johnson. Jalen played just one year at Duke. He's a 6'9 forward and went into college last year as a consensus top five pick. But after an up-and-down season in Durham where he played just 13 games, he started to fall down some draft boards. He's a great playmaker with the ball in his hands and rebounds very well for his size. His debut in college basketball was a 19-point and 19-rebound performance in a win for the Duke Blue Devils. He's got terrific instincts for shot blocking and rebounding. He had a game this year in January in ACC play at Pittsburgh where Jalen Johnson had 24 points. 16 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 blocks, 
and two steals. Really did it all and showed you the type of player he can be in the NBA. Question marks are going to be the consistency of his jump shot, and teams may have concerns over his short season with Duke. Just 13 games, like I said, after a foot injury, and then left the team altogether before the end of the season. All in all, I'm excited to see where Jalen Johnson ends up in the 2021 NBA Draft. That's your Jalen Johnson scouting report for the 2021 NBA Draft. And with the 20th pick, the Atlanta Hawks take Jalen Johnson from Duke. I think it's a great pick for the Atlanta Hawks at number 20 because Jalen Johnson at one point was a top five pick. He can play the 3-4, probably more of a four, but has skills that can allow him to actually transform into a two-man. But John Collins is a restricted free agent. John Collins could demand big money, and the Hawks may say, We've got DeAndre Hunter, we got Reddish, we got Herder, we got this young group. Let's see if Jalen Johnson can conform to what we want to do. Because we know he left IMG and we know he had some trouble after 12 games at Duke. But he can play point forward, he can defend, he could fit in with a young team. And I think Nate McMillan is the perfect coach for Jalen Johnson because he's a old school, defensive-minded, tough coach, but he clearly can deal with the younger, new generation as we saw Kevin Herter and Trey Young really flourish. The Hawks are a team of the future. I think Jalen Johnson, while he could be a little bit of a risk, is a steal at 20 for the Hawks. And I expect him to do what we all hate to do. We have to grow up sometimes. I think when he grows up and figures out what he wants to be, which is an NBA player, he could become a starter on that team, maybe even an impact starter. But he has all-star caliber talent. And he's been a proven commodity at USA Basketball. He was a really great player in Wisconsin High School. And he's just ran into a little buzzsaw at Duke. It didn't work well. Nobody's casting aspersions on what happens. But I think at number 20, the Hawks get a steal in Jalen Johnson. I really think it's a good little bit of a risk. And if his jump shot ever comes around, you're talking about an all-star caliber player to go along with a very young Hawks team that has had success with a fantastic coach in Nate McMillan. And I think Jalen Johnson was a brilliant pick by the Hawks at number 20. Guys, after what you talked about with Trey Mann, you had me sold, but you also go back to our previous conversation about Jalen Johnson, and I kind of like it. The Hawks are deep. They don't need a guy. They just took the flyer. I guess the question is, does he get the chance to show his skills? Like, is Jalen Johnson better off going to a Hawks team where he has a limited role? I don't know how he makes his way on the floor with the depth of that team. Or would he have been better off going to a Thunder team where it's like his show? Which do you feel like it would have been a better better match for this kind of player that's trying to find his way? Well, no doubt. If I'm a rookie in this class, I want to go to the Thunder. I know I'm going to get an opportunity to showcase my skills. I don't have the pressure of having to play winning basketball. It's all about development. And it's going to be very tough for him to see minutes in Atlanta. Even if John Collins leaves in free agency, you still have Gallo there. And you still have Onyeka Okongo, who I feel like is going to see more minutes next season. Yeah, and I mean, it's an interesting fit just because of the crowded front court. We don't know what's going to happen with John Collins' free agency. But having someone with his star upside next to one of the best creators in the league for someone else is only good for Jalen Johnson. And we'll see what they decide to do with Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, who was injured during the playoffs. I still think is going to be a fabulous player in this league. I'm not so sold on Cam Reddish in that same regard, um, though his numbers coming. You know, Cam Reddish is a good example of this. A lot of our conversations, like his numbers out of Duke in a single year, another Duke single year player, were really poor. Like he was a bad shooter. Things like none, and and those things have have materialized to the conversation we had earlier in this ultimate mock draft of whether or not you looked at college numbers or high school numbers. Cam Reddish would make a strong argument that the college numbers were the ones. All right, New York is on the board. Let's see where the Knicks go. We head back into the NBA, the New York Knicks NBA draft room. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Gavin Shaw of the Locked On Knicks podcast. And with the 21st pick in the ultimate mock draft, the New York Knicks select Trey Mann out of the University of Florida. Mann averaged 16 points per game last year on 40% three-point shooting and seemed to peak at the end of the season where he was absolutely dominant, scoring 30 points in the SEC tournament against Tennessee and then putting together back-to-back impressive NCAA tournament games. Man, on top of his shooting, shows off a vertigo-inducing handle, and those two attributes combine to give him one of the highest unassisted three-point rates in recent draft prospect history. And some people will say taking man is overkill, despite that great handle that so often 
drives defenders into crushing ball screens and allows him to get all the way to the rim despite not having the best first step in the world, the Knicks do have a number of options at the spot already. With Emmanuel quickly, with Derrick Rose potentially being resigned or a veteran upgrade in tow, Luca Vildosa signed over from Europe, and Giddy already drafted. But given the nature of the Knicks' first round loss to the Atlanta Hawks, it's obvious that they desperately need more creation, and man's high-level shooting ability and his size will pair really nicely with Emmanuel quickly and down the road allow those two to potentially be the Knicks' backcourt of the future. Man certainly has some work to do in terms of his defense and passing and continuing to get more athletic and creative around the rim, but he's an answer to a lot of the Knicks' problems, and that's why he was the obvious 21st pick in the ultimate mock draft. When Damian Lillard requests out of Portland and he lists the Knicks as one of his four potential landing spots, you have to at least take a look and see what it is that Portland is going to want. And I'm not trying to give up any more than five first rounders, maybe a couple seconds. And I absolutely would not want to have no picks in this draft. But outside of that and outside of keeping RJ and Julius Randle, there's nothing untouchable on this team. I've fallen in love with this process and I love watching these young guys ball and get better and play hard. But when you see a player like Damian Lillard become available and he will make your team exponentially better, you make that move. Obviously, we want Damian Lillard in New York. My man can turn the garden back into Eden. However, I will take a chill pill, and you do have to look at the rest of this roster. When I think about what this Knicks team needs, I think about experience. I think about players who are consistent. I think about shooting. And I think that really falls into more of veteran players. However, just because you're bringing in veteran players doesn't mean that you need to sacrifice bringing in players that have upside set. Nerlens Noel, Reggie Bullock, and Alec Burks are perfect examples of those kind of vets that you could bring in. They add something to the team and they make you better. Hey, you get those guys on this roster and that garden really will be. So the New York Knicks had a surprising season. They were a playoff team picking 21st in the draft this year, and they take Trey Mann, the young guard, out of Florida. Mann's a scoring guard with decent quickness. He shot pretty good percentages across the board. He was a 40% three-point shooter and an 80%, uh, 83% free-throw shooter. Uh, he's also a pretty effective pick-and-roll player. The Knicks have been looking for backcourt talent. Uh, they have a lot of talent on the wing and up front, led by Julius Randle. Uh, so Trey Mann's a nice piece. He can go in the backcourt. He can make spot-up shots and then play off of Randle. Man uses his speed to create separation from the defense. He also has a nice touch on his float game, his in-between game. Uh, so the Knicks hit a home run last year late in the draft um, with Emmanuel Quickly, the talented guard out of Kentucky who they got in the mid-20s. Uh, this year, they're rolling the dice again with another young talent. Trey Mann's just 20 years old, but he has high upside for the New York Knicks as they try to remain a playoff team and build into a team that can compete in the Eastern Conference. I think a big part of the Knicks' decision to go with Trey Mann with the 21st pick in the draft was the impending free agency. The Knicks have a lot of free agents, especially in the backcourt. As I look at their roster, Derek Rose, who gave them a great lift when he was acquired midseason from Detroit, he's an unrestricted free agent, as is Alec Burks, um, as is Alfred Payton. So there are a lot of uncertainty, a lot of free agents in the backcourt. Manuel Quickly is a terrific young talent heading into year two, but I think for the Knicks, as they looked at their roster, they felt more solid about what they have on the wing and in the front court than what they have in the backcourt. Uh, so they get Trey Mann, uh, again, a, a talented scoring guard. He can stop on a dime and make shots from behind the screen. I think that's something that's been lacking for the Knicks, that lack of backcourt shooting. Mann will certainly give them a lift in that area. He also gives a good effort defensively. That's something that Tom Thibodeau loves. Man slides his feet well. He tries to cut defenders off with his chest. And if you defend, even as a young player for Tibbs, you have a chance to earn minutes. Uh, so solid pick here for the New York Knicks, getting good value and a guy with a little bit of upside late in the first round in Florida's Trey Mann. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Great to have the former GM, Ryan McDonough's expertise from Odyssey. 
Chad Ford Big Board is our spot right now as we rejoin Chad Ford. NBA Big Board's his website. Podcast is Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Chad, Cameron Thomas goes 19 to Oklahoma City. Jalen Johnson finally gets off the board at 20 to Atlanta. Trey Mann and his uniqueness at 21 to the Knicks. Your thoughts? I can't see Trey Mann playing a minute uh, for Tom Thibodeau because he's a defensive liability. Uh, and that, that's, that's a surprise for me in a Tom Thibodeau team that, that really relies on toughness and guys being able to grind it out right now, especially with Miles McBride on the board. He's a, he's a skilled offensive player, no question. But it's hard for me to see a player like Trey Mann that was repeatedly burned at Florida um, taking that next step up to the NBA. And I think, you know, in certain systems, like he could be a really good prospect, but it, it's, it's a questionable fit for me with New York. All right, the Lakers are on the board. They have such an interesting offseason. I'm not quite sure how they're going to finagle things, but I'm certain they are. Um, can they get a player at this point that can help their roster and help them in this upcoming year, particularly considering the fact that, you know, over the tax, not a lot of movable pieces um, for them right now? Well, look, if Jared Butler is healthy, He's, this is an ideal fit for him. He can play both backcourt positions. He's one of the steadiest players uh, in the draft. He can really shoot the basketball. Uh, he can handle it. He gets after it defensively. He's not a great athlete. He doesn't have great size, but just a, a very, very high feel for the game for Jared Butler. So right now, so if he's he's here on the board, if he's healthy, and that, that's a big question mark, uh, he's, he's to me the like no-brainer guy that's that's left on the board right now as far as guys that are going to come in and contribute you know right away for uh, for them and maybe joe white wieskamp out of iowa a guy that really shoots the basketball and statistically if you're looking at the analytics doesn't really look any different than Corey kisper they, they actually kind of look like the same player only wieskamp is a little bit longer and a little bit more athletic uh why he's a second rounder and Corey Kispert is a first, probably has everything to do with Gonzaga's run this year and him being maybe a little, what well, Wieskamp being lost in the hype of Luca Garza uh, at Iowa. All right, he's Chad Ford. Catch him on the live draft show, draft night on the Locked On NBA YouTube station channel. That's Locked On NBA on YouTube. Subscribe today. Live coverage starting 7 o'clock Eastern. Rafael Barlow will be with him and all of our local experts. When we come back, the Lakers will be on the clock. Jared Butler's on the board. Will they take him? We find out next. It is a lock, the ultimate 2021 NBA mock draft, a Locked On Odyssey production. We gave a pretty extensive breakdown to Trey Mann and the Knicks have acquired him. The Lakers are on the board, so we're dealing with two of the biggest franchises in all of the NBA right now. Uh, you guys gave some nice analysis on Trey Mann, the shot-creating three. Do you like his fit with the Knicks, Richard? Yeah, you can never have enough guards, and especially for a team that I feel like is probably priming for a trade for an unhappy superstar or star of any capacity, whether you know, I've thrown Carl Anthony Towns out in day one or two. Um, you know, I've thrown him out earlier, maybe with Damian Lillard recently coming up in the newswire as maybe wanting to go to New York. Keep getting these guys who are going to stick and keep that draft pick value, at least at face value. And you've got someone really good at the worst who can be traded for a star. Yeah, you brought up a good point simply because if you look at this draft, you say they drafted two point guards and they had a, a all rookie point guard. If you consider him a point and quickly last year. But this is a, a player that I think has high value that you could eventually move because it's the Knicks, it's CAA. They're going to get, in my opinion, one of their CAA clients to New York. And I, I know David Locke hopes it's not Donovan Mitchell. A lot, Raphael, for people who don't know this, what you're talking about there, elaborate a little bit on what you're talking about with, with the tie with CAA and, and what's going on there. CAA is one of the most powerful agencies in, I mean, in the world, not only just in basketball, entertainment, few years ago, back when they had Carmelo Anthony and, and J.R. Smith, there was rumors that CAA was running that organization. Phil Jackson came and broke it up. Coach Thibodeau is a CAA client. Um, uh, Obi Toppin was a CAA client. Julius Randle was CAA. Quickly, I think, is CAA. And then they hired, uh, what is it, Johnny? Johnny Bryant? Yep from the Utah Jazz. He is represented by CAA, which when I first saw that, the first thing that came to my mind is he's been given a lot of credit for Donovan Mitchell's development. Donovan Mitchell is from the area. Donovan is also CAA. This is something that, you know, it, it's, 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 a, it's a reason for all of this going on. That's just my opinion. I can't confirm it, 
but CAA is a very powerful organization, and I, and I think they're going to throw Tibbs a bone and give them one of their clients. Well, and Leon Rose now running the show comes out of that world. Uh, Rose actually represented LeBron from 2005 to 2012, um, and then uh, LeBron left to join Clutch Sports. Uh, and Rich Paul, who had worked under Rose at CAA and then in the whole agency world. To understand the draft, to understand free agency, to understand the NBA, you do need to understand that free that agency world because it is uh, controlling and pulling many of the levers of what are taking place here. The Lakers are on the board. They have such a fascinating offseason with just not a lot of ways to make moves. Dennis Schroeder saying he wants $150 million in upcoming free agency. Not clear whether they thought that was a good move to Adam. I'm not actually clear on where the Lakers stand. The injuries, it's hard to differentiate whether the injuries derailed them or whether they just weren't quite right. Is Are they going to pay Andre Drummond? This offseason to me overall just on the Lakers is kind of a wild story. And... Where do you guys stand on as they look at this 23rd pick? I'm not sure this is a piece that can really impact them, but might have to, right? They just don't have a lot of ways to fill their roster. So this 23rd pick is important. But from a big picture standpoint, Richard, on their roster, what do you expect to see out of the Lakers as they move toward this free agency? Yeah, they need shooters and they need guys who I, I think they need to honestly get someone with no cap space, they need to get someone who would fill a role that they would get the same player in free agency. There's some very high floor players available here. Someone I've name dropped for days now is Jaden Springer. You could also look if you're willing to take a risk on health. You could go with Jared Butler. There's a lot of guys here that could just be immediate day one players. Yeah, I agree. I think with LeBron and Anthony Davis, the main thing you need to do is find guys that can knock down open shots and space the floor. Um, I always thought Duarte would have been the perfect fit there. He, he's a veteran. They need veterans. They need shooters, and he's gone. I think uh, Trey Murphy would be the best fit, in my opinion, and I think he has the most translatable skill set that fits their their stars. Jared Butler could be an option there. If they want to go with just a, an energy guy that's going to you know make hustle plays and, and be a good defender, I think Usman Garuba is someone that they should take a look at who's falling in this draft, so... There's a variety of, of ways that they can go. Would if they if they had Duarte replace Wesley Matthews, have they gotten older or younger? <laughs> About to stay the same. All right, let's find out what the Lakers are gonna do. Go into the draft room, see what the twins have got up their sleeves in the lot in the Lakers NBA draft room. This is Andy Kamenetsky, co-host of the Locked On Lakers podcast, and with the 22nd pick in the ultimate mock draft, the Lakers are going to be taking Jared Butler, a guard from Baylor, fills a few needs for the Lakers. He's a scorer who can create for himself, nearly 17 points per game last season. He's a shooter. He hit almost 42% from behind the arc, improved all three seasons. He was at Baylor in this regard, and he can, if nothing else, do some secondary playmaking, likely with the second unit. He's mature. He's played big in big games, including the Final Four and the National Championship game for Baylor. He could be ready to contribute right now, and that is ultimately something the Lakers need with this 22nd pick. He still needs to get medically cleared by a panel with what is reportedly related to heart issue, but assuming that's the case, he will be joining the Lakers. Jared Butler out of Baylor. I like the kid. I think he could be one of the best catch-and-shoot players in this draft. He's not getting credit as the best shooter, but a lot of people are looking over at Corey Kisper. But when you look at the way that he can come off screens, you look at the way he puts the ball on the floor, he's got a great frame to play this position. Now, I would compare him a little bit to Clay Thompson in college. Now, Clay has developed into an unreal shooter, an unreal scorer, has more size than Jared. But guys who can come off screens and guys who have that quick release, that's what I like. So, I think it's going to be really interesting the place that he goes. It'll be very critical wherever he gets drafted that they have a star player who creates separation. If this guy's getting open shots, he's going to have an impactful rookie year and an impactful NBA career. I'm high on this guy. I'm high on a team that could take him, and I feel like he can have an immediate impact on a team that is playing for a playoff position. The Los Angeles Lakers, what to do with this championship caliber team. 
I think you got to blow it up. Obviously, keep LeBron, you keep AD. I would look at guys like Alex Caruso, make sure I can retain him. He's a role player that can play multiple positions. But at this point, trade Kuzma, trade Schroeder, go all in on the next two to three years. You're going to have to have some hard playing role players, but a lot of guys will flock to LA with a chance to play with LeBron James. You're going to have to have some shooting on the perimeter and some solid defense, but you can get those guys in a trade. And I think with LeBron and AD's age or AD's injury history, another go-to guy, whether that's going all in on Damian Lillard, whether that's going all in on a guy like Ben Simmons, you're going to have to have a guy that can compromise the defense outside of LeBron and AD They need another superstar. That's the only way that the Lakers will eventually win championship number 18. Thanks, Gal. It's Sam Ferris here, joined by co-host Cody. We are the Draft Dummies, your NBA draft experts. All right, Cody, so we just saw the Los Angeles Lakers make their pick. It is Jared Butler, the guard out of Baylor. Uh, Cody, I'm excited to know your thoughts here, but first of all, we got to acknowledge, and I'm just so happy to know that he has been cleared. Uh, he is able to play and live out his dream. So that, of course, takes precedence. But what are your thoughts here on the pick and the fit with the Lakers? Well, yeah, like you said, so happy for him. This, you know, couldn't be more deserving guy, a man of character. And, you know, so happy that he's able to play he is cleared for this upcoming season uh, I love the pick too at 22 I think Jared Butler is great value I mean he is a guard that brings everything to the table he can do it all he's great out of the pick and roll one of the best handles in this class he can create for himself he can create for others also played off ball a lot next to Davian Mitchell and Macy Oteague and excelled in that role as well and then he is just a tough defensive player he can guard up positions I mean he really has no weaknesses I think he'll be a great glue guy in the guard spot uh, with much more upside than that Uh, so you know I love Jared Butler love the pick here for the Lakers I think wherever he ended up he was gonna find a way to get on the floor because he's just so well-rounded couldn't be more excited for him and his future in Los Angeles Uh, But let's toss it now over to Ryan McDonough, former Phoenix Suns GM, to get his reaction on this pick. Well, Lakers were the NBA champion a year ago. This year, they lost in the first round to the Phoenix Suns. Obviously, some of that was due to injuries on the Lakers roster, in particular to Anthony Davis. But anytime you have LeBron James in his prime, you're you're a championship contender. You want to be at a championship level. Uh, So I really like this pick for Baylor late in the first round. Jared Butler, I think, is one of the more complete players in the tournament. He was a starting point guard for the national champion Baylor Bears. He's a big-time shooter. He shot 42% on threes at over six attempts a game. So anytime you play off of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you're going to get good looks. I thought that was a weakness for the Lakers last year, their backcourt shooting. Uh, So they get a guy in Jared Butler who can come in and play right away. He's also physical. He's got a good body, uh, broad shoulders, and a strong frame that'll help him initiate contact and create space for his shot. Uh, So I think this is an excellent pick for the LA Lakers. There were some concerns about a heart condition that Butler has. That may be why he was available here in the 20s. Uh, But if he's healthy, which the Lakers think he is, this is a guy who's able to play right away for a team that has championship aspirations again in 2022. I think one of the reasons this pick makes a lot of sense for the LA Lakers is the impending free agency of Dennis Schroeder. There were rumors this year that Schroeder and the Lakers discussed a contract extension. They weren't able to agree on terms, which now means Schroeder is going to be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Schroeder had an up and down year in a Lakers uniform. He showed flashes at times. Uh, Others, he didn't play quite as well. So I'll be very interested to see what his market is in unrestricted free agency. But keep in mind, he is unrestricted, meaning he can sign with any team he wants. And there's a lot of money and not a lot of good players in the market space. So uh, I I thought that this was a good pick for the Lakers because they get a guy who can play right away at Butler. He's at a low salary slot, uh, given that he was picked in the 20s. He plays at a good space. Uh, To me, he looks like an NBA veteran point guard. He's not easy to speed up. He also competes defensively. He brings a toughness on the defensive end. Uh, So this gives the Lakers a talented young prospect. It also gives them some insurance in case Schroeder decides to sign elsewhere in free agency. You've heard from Brian Scalabrini, the draft dummies, as well as Ryan McDonough on that Lakers pick of Jared Butler. Richard, this is a player you think, why do you think he can contribute right away? He defends. He has incredible vision, probably one of the best 
playmakers in the class just because he never puts his head down. You never see him looking down when he's dribbling. He sees the floor at all times. He can shoot. Like I said, he can guard probably ones and some twos. He's a little bit undersized, so it comes a little bit difficult of a conversation. But he does everything like a veteran point guard at 21 years old. Yeah, 41% from three. And if you are going to play with LeBron and Anthony Davis, your role is to defend and knock down open shots. And depending on what they do with Schroeder, or I mean, I, I still think they're going to be able to make a play for Kyle Lowry or, or somebody. I think they're definitely going to upgrade the point guard position, but he would be a good fit because he could come in and be their backup point guard, but he can also play with LeBron in closing lineups because of his defense and, like I mentioned, his ability to knock down open shots. I don't know if the Lakers are allowed to because of the clutch sports tie, back to the agency conversation with these major teams, but if you were the Lakers, would you trade Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Kyle Kuzma in a sign-and-trade for either Kyle Lowry or Mike Conley? Well, Caldwell Pope is the one that laid the foundation for Clutch and the Lakers. So I think he is a lock. As long as LeBron is there, he's there. I mean, they let him play on house arrest. So I think that he, um, I think he's there. I, I don't know if they, if they make that trade or not. Would you if you were them? Definitely. I, I definitely would. But I don't understand why Utah would want those guys. Well, only, I don't, I don't know why either of them would want those guys other than <laughs> Both Toronto and Utah are in situations where if Lowry or Conley leave, they do not have cap space that they they cannot fill the roster, you know, with with that cap space. Both of them are over the cap to such a level that if Lowry or Conley leave, neither of them can go and sign anybody other than in the case of the Jazz, they can't sign anybody other than the taxpayer exception at that point. So they're very limited in how they can uh, fill their roster. Uh, at that point, you could also, all right, if Contavious Caldwell Pope is unmovable, then maybe you'd have to, I think, put together a Kuzma Caruso. I don't even know if you can do it. I don't think, you, well, Conley or Lowry would just have to take a lot less money. Richard, if you're either though, if you're the Lakers, do you make one of those moves? If, well, if I'm not going to be suffering any consequences for moving KCP and the clutch consequences, yeah, absolutely. Like on paper, you get a legitimate starting caliber point guard on a probably title contending team for role players, you absolutely do it. If the Lakers come back as is, where do you put them in the West? It's hard not to say top three. I mean, Anthony Davis, LeBron alone with health. Uh, I mean, because this year they got dealt kind of a bad hand with everything with LeBron's injury, Anthony Davis being hurt. It's hard not to see them as a top three team, no matter what their depth looks like. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to bet against LeBron. I just think the key is Anthony Davis deciding he wants to play center. If he decides to play center, then they don't have to spend their free agency money on fives to get through the season. So I still think they're going to end up with, with somebody that's willing to take a discount to, to be a Laker. Houston Rockets are on the board with the 23rd and 24th pick of our ultimate mock draft. Remember, draft night will be live streaming on the Odyssey app, live on Locked on NBA YouTube. Chad Ford, the GOAT of the NBA draft, along with Rafael Barlow, will be on the main expert desk with our local experts all around the league. No other program live on draft night will give you the local expert insight that the Locked on NBA draft show will live draft show will give you follow it on locked on NBA on YouTube stream it your audio version on the Odyssey app or pick it up on Roku or Kindle Fire it's all brought to you by Built Bar guys what's your highest ranking players if the Rockets have two right now you're probably frankly at this point in the draft you want to hit on one like I know it sounds crazy you're totally willing to go 50% here if you can do it what is what is your two-man combo that you look at right here if you're the Rockets do we have to ask Richard? We know he's going to say Jaden Springer. <laughs> he's been talking about Jaden Springer since the first day. So we know one of his choices. I think with Houston, I mean, they're in a good situation here. There's still some talent available. Isaiah Jackson, who a lot of people thought could be a back-end lottery player, is still available. Usman Garuba, who I mentioned, is still available. He's young. JT Thor is a high upside guy. Trey Murphy is, I mean, he has, I think that he more so has a specific role. But even a guy who I'm not high on, who I know Richard loves, um, which is Jaden Springer. I think that he would be a good fit there. He, he matches their timeline because he's only 18 years old. So the Rockets are in a good position here. What, what's happened with my favorite uh, little point guard out of Illinois? Why aren't we mentioning him? 
You know what? That's it's a question I ask myself often. I felt like he did everything that he needed to do to improve, and it still did not help his draft stock. If he comes out last year, I think he's a late first-round pick. This year, I think it's borderline. I mean, he was one of the best players in college basketball. I mean, Richard may have a different opinion on it, but he's someone that I don't know why he's not very highly regarded in NBA draft circles, or NBA draft Twitter, I should say. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that his spot-up shooting was probably his best improvement, and he needed to make it. Like, he jumped from – he was flirting with 30% from three, and he went all the way up to high 30s. So the spot-up shooting is really nice. I still have a lot of concerns about, one, how he does in pull-up shooting, which is massive for a point guard, especially when you're coming around screens. Things like that, it matters. When you're a point guard, you need to be able to score off the dribble, and I don't trust Io to soon move really to, tr- to score off the dribble. And then the second thing is is – the way he reacts out of traps when you double him, he panics, and that's when he forces. That's when a lot of those turnovers come. So it's a little bit troublesome for a point guard to have those two issues. He ran 155 pick and rolls this year. I think it was the most, or 212, excuse me, pick and rolls this year, the most of anyone in the draft. So should be very experienced. That all right? Let's see what the Rockets do. We'll head into the Rockets draft room for two picks: the 23rd and 24th. Jackson Gatlin here from the Locked On Rockets podcast. And with the 23rd overall pick in the Ultimate Mock Draft, the Houston Rockets select Trey Murphy III out of Virginia, the lengthy forward who has really developed a keen eye for shooting the basketball, adds a lot of needed size to the Rockets' front court to their wing slots. They've got Jay Sean Tate, KJ Martin there, but two guys very talented but a bit undersized at the wing. Trey Murphy standing at six foot nine inches, seven foot wingspan gives them some serious size as well as look his his number one skill is shooting the basketball shot over 40% from behind the three-point line is a very talented shooter and and projects to be your prototypical three and D NBA wing there might be some concerns about his ability to rebound the ball or maybe some questions about his defense but those are areas that I'm not too concerned about because shooting is a premium in the NBA landscape and Trey Murphy the third is a guy who can absolutely shoot the ball What's up, everybody? Candace Cooper here from Locked On ACC. Here to talk Trey Murphy as he takes his talents to the NBA after foregoing his eligibility at Virginia. He is going to be such a great three-point guy. He is your modern-day wing, sitting nicely at 6'9". He will have to learn some defense, right? There are things, of course, he can improve, but free throw percentage, he is 83%. Got some great numbers behind the arch at 35% and I think that overall he's a solid talent that hasn't quite got his opportunity to shine so you would assume because of COVID reasons and getting the transfer portal trying to find his way in Virginia couldn't quite be the star he wanted to be but now he has an opportunity to be great shout out to 919 you already know we produce greatness out of there so I think Trey Murphy will be just fine. Jackson Gatlin here from Locked on Rockets and with the 24th Overall pick in the ultimate mock draft. The Houston Rockets select power forward center JT Thor out of Auburn. JT Thor is a guy who is kind of like the home run pick here, right? After going with Jalen Green and Trey Murphy the third. This is kind of the one that's maybe not, I don't want to call it a reach, but he projects to be a really raw prospect, really interesting, very fluid, rangy, big offensively, has a great handle, a great feel for the game for a guy his size, six foot ten, seven foot three wingspan. And then defensively, he's a guy that is going to be able to impact the game. He can meet defenders as they're driving at the apex. He has shown a great ability to block shots to kind of you know, guard the paint, uh, a really high energy, high impact type player. Uh, got a great body that's going to fill out at the NBA level without too much worry for him to, I guess, lose the mobility that kind of makes him unique. And he's going to be able to slot into this five out system that the Houston Rockets have. And to be able to bring a guy like that off the bench to A, help bolster your front court if you're Steven Silas and the Houston Rockets, but to also conceivably continue to play a similar style to how the Rockets play when they have Christian Wood on the floor to bring in another fluid, rangy, big with similar skill set to Christian Wood to be able to keep playing the same play style without having to shift things dramatically is a really nice commodity to have. So JT Thor for the 24th overall pick for the Houston Rockets. Zach Blackerby with Locked On Auburn here. JT Thor, very young player, very raw player, tremendous amount of upside. That length 
combined with the effort makes him a very good defender with a ton of upside. And also, I mean, just the, the length that he has on the offensive side of the court, I think he's going to be a really good shooter um, when it's all said and done. Not afraid to play physical down low. Also has the finesse to move the ball at the top of the key. JT4, you forgot that he was supposed to be a, a, a senior in high school a year ago. And Bruce Pearl's team, uh, he did a good job getting better every single game throughout his freshman year at Auburn. A lot of big-name teams making major picks. Cameron Thomas went 19. Jalen Johnson, a flyer that might have the most upside. 20 for Atlanta. The Knicks go Trey Mann. The Lakers go Jared Butler. And then we just saw Houston go Trey Murphy and JT Thor. Got the breakdown from the college experts as well, and chat as well as Chad Ford uh, coming up here in just a second. Guys, what's your thought of what the Rockets just did? Yeah, I love the upside slash floor combo that they went with. They got Trey Murphy, who is a pure 3 and D player who I don't know how much better he gets at the NBA, but you have someone now who can defend next to Kevin Porter Jr. and give him an elite spot-up shooting opportunity. He averaged 50, he's had 50, 40, 90 in college, which is pretty rare. And then they went with pure upside in JT Thor, someone who I think is going to be a riser come draft night. He is one of the best lateral movers in the class can create very slightly for himself, can block shots, just a little bit of almost of a uniform. Raphael. Yeah, Trey Murphy wait, wait, goes. Wait, 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 wait. I got to jump in here. Come on. Not everybody's a star. What's going on? We're getting soft around here. <laughs> I mean, that at 18, 19, doing what he did as a 6'10 guy, though, with 7'3 wingspan is pretty unique. Yeah, JT Thor is someone that I feel like his stock has, I mean, the best thing that happened to him was the season ended. Like, nobody was really talking about him that much during the season. The season is over, and now all of a sudden, everybody loves JT Thor. So he, he benefited the most with, you know, Auburn's season ending. And they, they weren't even a good team. I know a lot of that could be due to Sharif Cooper not playing the whole season. But I like the picks. Trey Murphy. Started off at Rice. He left Houston. Now he ends up going back to the city of Houston. I, I mean, he has a specific role. JT Thor is a high, high upside guy. And with Houston, I mean, Rafael Stone said, do not judge the Harden trade until they've made all their picks. And I, I want to say that's like 2030 is when all of those picks will. Right. Rafael <laughs> will be in the Barbados sitting on the, on the beach by that point. So he doesn't want anyone to judge it till then. By the way, I'm just, you know, going to wrap up every single one of our shows with like random old draft references. Did Richard Stamen just describe to me, Perry Jones, the third with all the excitement that he had after the, uh, the draft a few years ago. Okay. Another random draft reference that only the diehards really understand. If you throw them out there. Not everyone's fabulous. Let's find out what Chad Ford and the draft dummies had to say. Well, Chad, exactly as you expected, Jared Butler did go 22. It'll be interesting to see on his health. Houston had those two picks. They went Trey Murphy the third and JT Thor. Is that where Houston should go there? Wings, wings, wings. Uh, Trey Murphy really shoot the basketball. JT Thor, just an interesting athlete. Um, you know, at his size with a long wingspan, very raw JT Thor. I think most people didn't expect him to come out of this draft, but he was one of the guys that sort of helped himself in the combine just, just by some of the stuff that he was able to do in his, in his workout. Uh, he didn't actually play in the five-on-five, five, but it, you know did the pro days sort of afterwards. But that's what Houston should be doing right now. They should be looking at the prospects and saying, who has the highest ceiling of the guys that are left? We have time to develop them. They do. And so JT Thor, to me, makes, makes a lot of sense there. All right, flip back on the Chad Ford NBA big board as we move to the final day of our ultimate mock draft. What? Who are the ball handler playmakers available? Well, you got Io Desimu, uh is is a guy that as you look at the Clippers sort of coming up and, and a guy that, one, they could use, a young point guard. They, they've got a pretty aging point guard crew uh, there. And, you know, two, a guy that is ready to step in and play right now. Whether he's a one or two is part of the reason that he slides a bit in the draft and some questions about his jump shot. He shot it better this year, but you know, if you look at the sort of historical shooting for him, there's some question marks um, with him. Jaden Springer to me is a guy who is an obvious pick here. He's got a little bit of an unorthodox game, but again, one of the youngest players in this draft and really gets after it defensively. Really shocked to see Usman Garuba not uh, drafted yet because he's playing real minutes 
in the Spanish ACB right now with Real Madrid, which is a which is better than G League, better than college basketball right now, and just has all the tools to be a lockdown defender, maybe three positions right now. Really interesting there. And Isaiah Jackson, uh, the best shot blocker and rim protector in this draft, uh, also not drafted. All right, we'll see. By the way, we keep hearing from um, our guy Richard Stamen about Springer. Do you buy? He had him as a top 10 pick on his board. Do you buy him that much? No, I don't. I, I've, I've read the arguments. Uh, I see it. I think that he is one of those guys that when you try to go to an NBA comp, David, there isn't a good one. He has a really unique game. And so what he becomes at the next level, I think, is, is, is questionable. I, I'm, I'm fine with him being drafted in the you know, late teens, early 20s. I think that's where the reward outweighs the risk. This seems low, but I think at 10, uh, you know, you're talking about a guy who is not a clear position in the NBA, uh, not elite size, uh, not elite athleticism. I'm not sure that you take him at 10. And, and I, you know, I, I've totally forgotten. We haven't even talked about Josh Christopher as well out of Arizona State, another guy that preseason was ranked as a lottery pick and one of the best scorers in this draft, an excellent athlete, and a guy who actually kicked butt when he was out there in the five-on-five at the NBA Draft Combine. All right. Thank you, Chad. This is Sam Ferris here. I am joined by co-host Cody. We are the Draft Dummies, and uh, of course, we are your NBA Draft experts. You can find our podcast on the Locked On NBA Draft channel. Uh, So we saw a couple more picks go off the board here. Uh, I want to get a couple more sleepers from you, Cody. So who are a couple guys you might have on your board listed as some of the best sleepers still available here towards the end of the first round? So for me, some guys that I, or one guy that I actually have graded out in more in the middle of the first round that is still available is Isaiah Jackson. This is a guy that's going to star in his role, the center out of Kentucky. He's going to protect the rim. Great block rate this year. High energy. He is a vertical floor spacer uh, and one of the quickest leapers we've seen in, in recent years. And you want centers that are going to do what DeAndre Ayton has been doing for the Suns these playoffs. That's rebound, run the floor, protect the rim, set screens, and that don't need post touches. So I love Isaiah Jackson. Two other guys I love, some shot makers, Bones Highland and Quentin Grimes. You know, shot making will always be a premium in the NBA. These are two guys that can get it done offensively, have great looking shots off the dribble, um, can space the floor, can put the ball on the deck, create their own. So those are some sleepers that I have that are still available. We'll see what happens in these next few picks. All right, Cody, thanks. Let's throw it back to the main desk. Day five, four is in the books. Day five coming up tomorrow. We'll wrap up the draft. The Clippers, the Nuggets, the Brooklyn Nets, the 76ers, the Suns, and the Utah Jazz are on the board. Trade rumors are floating as teams want to get out of the first round. Probably some tax teams as well that want to get out. We'll see what happens. Day four is in the books. This has been the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. Thanks very much for subscribing on your Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast. This is part of production of Odyssey and the Lockdown Podcast Network. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 